Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Ah, bonjour. Bonjour. (laughs) It's a beautiful sunny day here in... Scottsdale, Arizona. I'll be here for another week or so, and then I head back to the East Coast. And I am grateful for the sunlight. Our topic today is about the darkness and finding the light in the darkest days. And it really pertains to the darkest days of our life, of our experience and not just uh, what we're experiencing here in the Northern Hemisphere winter. Because I know, just talking with someone in Masterful Living yesterday who's in Australia, and they're having those um, fires there that uh, are so devastating. Lots of fires around the world as things are heating up. Uh, The... Temperatures rising all over the planet and things getting drier in certain areas and wetter in certain areas. Uh, It's intense. It's intense stuff. And when there are disasters and tragedies and many intensities, we're seeing a rise in uh, gun deaths and violence and all kinds of things around the world. And we're seeing a rise in peace. Uh, and all kinds of good things as well. And still, the mind can interpret things as darkness. So that's our topic today, finding the light in the darkest days. So let's begin with a blessing like we always do. I take this breath of gratitude and I place my hand on my heart. I'm wholeheartedly available for the teaching, the wisdom, the healing of the Holy Spirit. So grateful to partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self as we join together, transcending time and space, to recognize the infinite intelligence that is always for us and never against us. We are grateful and thankful to allow ourselves to throw open our mind and our heart to the healing power and presence of the Holy Spirit. We are grateful and thankful to lay upon the altar all burdens, all worries, all fears, all doubts, all resentments and regrets, all guilt, blame and shame, all jealousy. We're laying it all on the altar of the Holy Spirit and we are surrendering it. We are willing to let it go. We are willing to stand in the light of our being and see the light of our being and see the light in our brothers and sisters. So grateful and thankful that we can choose to find the light, to recognize the light, to celebrate the light. And in gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone. The healing benefits are for all because all minds are joined together. In gratitude, we let it be. We know it's done. And so it is. Amen. 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 (sighs) Yes, indeed. How wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. (laughs) I'm so grateful to join with you. Truly, I am. And I am grateful for this topic that Spirit gave us. I'm going to start us off here with a quote from the Course, Chapter 13, Section 11, which is entitled, The Peace of Heaven. And in paragraph 5 here, it says, You whose mind is darkened by doubt and guilt, remember this. God gave the Holy Spirit to you and gave him, the Holy Spirit, the mission to remove all doubt and every trace of guilt that his dear son has laid upon himself. It is impossible that this mission fail. 
Nothing can prevent what God would have accomplished from accomplishment. Whatever your reactions to the Holy Spirit's voice may be, whatever voice you choose to listen to, whatever strange thoughts may occur to you, God's will is done. You will find the peace in which he has established you because he does not change his mind. He is inevitable as the peace in which you dwell and of which the Holy Spirit reminds you. So this is the guarantee here that God's will is done you will find, I will find, we will find the peace in which God has established us. We've already been established in peace, and God does not change its mind. Jesus says his mind, but I don't think of God as a entirely masculine. So, um, You whose mind is darkened by doubt and guilt, remember this. God gave the Holy Spirit to you and gave the Holy Spirit the mission to remove all doubt and every trace of guilt that we've laid upon ourselves. So this is the promise that won't be broken, is not broken. So For us, the thing to do is to give the guilt, the doubt, the darkness to the Holy Spirit for healing, for shifting, for transformation. In this world of illusion and delusion, we cannot get rid of that which we're holding on to. If we hold on to it, if we energize it, if we treasure it in any way, it's ours to hold on to until we decide not to. And eventually we all will. We all will. So this this is the gift of this illusion is that we can experiment in any way that we choose. In this world, there is the illusion of free will that we can choose whatever we like. But Jesus reminds us in the Course that there's only God's will, only divine will. There is no separate will. And there is no separate mind, just the one mind. So we can choose to let these things go. And I know I talk about this all the time, but this is the thing that I must remind myself all the time. (laughs) And that's why I love what I get to do, because I get to remind myself every day, day in and day out, with all the classes that I teach and all the offerings that I share, what the spiritual practice is that heals our mind. I remind myself all throughout the day, this is my way. (laughs) So what I realize in myself is how often I say I'd like to be rid of something but I don't give it to the Holy Spirit for healing. Or I say I'm giving it to the Holy Spirit for healing, but I don't actually let go of it. It's like if you were to give somebody something, oh, would you, hey, this book or this books, this trash is stinking up my house. Would you take this trash out for me? Holy Spirit says, absolutely, just hand it over. Well, I am handing it over. It's right here for you to take it. Well, you have to let go of it, my dear. Oh, oh, we have to let go of it. So it comes back to that let go and let God. And the how to let go is where many of us get stuck. How do we do it? This is one of the most common questions I get. How do I remember? How do I let go? How, how, how? But think of it this way. If you wanted to have food in your house so you could make something to eat, how do you remember to go to the grocery store? You do because it's important to you. 
Or are you going to order in food? How do you remember to order in food? You do because it's important to you. If it's not important, you won't remember. Right? Haven't there been times when it's time to eat and you think, oh, I don't have any food here. (laughs) I, I was supposed to go to the grocery store. I forgot all about it. It wasn't important. So that's the thing. Make it important. Make it important. That's what I've learned so well. Make it important, Jennifer. If you'd like to remember to brush your teeth, make it important. If you'd like to remember to have clean clothes, make it important. If you'd like to remember to have gas in your car, make it important. So if you'd like to let go of that anger, that resentment, that hurt, that fear, make it important, make it a priority. And so for me, this tool of partnering up, this tool of prayer, going back to prayer throughout the day, has been such a life changer, such a game changer for me. And I am so grateful for the teachings of Ernest Holmes that taught me to pray. I love teaching folks to pray in my classes. A very common thing that people say to me is, One of the greatest things of Masterful Living is I now have a prayer practice, and I pray every day. I pray throughout the day. Prayer changes our life. Prayer can be very simple. I I learned to pray the science of mind treatment way, and I teach a slightly different way that's easier to learn and remember, and uh, is essentially the same thing, and that willingness to pray and to to develop the capacity to pray with others and to uh, pray out loud so that the very vibration of it resounds throughout the room throughout every cell fiber and function of your body temple is a powerful healing and transformative thing People tell me of the miracles all the time that have happened from their prayer work, and certainly I can attest to my own miraculous results from prayer work. And of course, we as Course of Miracles students know that a miracle is when we change our mind. And when we change our mind, things change in form. So this is how we amplify the light in the darkness. Yes, and it works. All right, so going back to the course here in um, chapter 11, in the introduction here, chapter 11 is called God or the Ego. It says here, talks about the authority problem. Who's the authority in your life, the God, God or the Ego? It says here in chapter 11, in the introduction, paragraph 2, it says, The ego is nothing more than a delusional system in which you made your own father. Make no mistake about this. It sounds insane when it is stated with perfect honesty, but the ego never looks on what it does with perfect honesty. Yet, That is its insane premise, right? That we made our own father. And that premise is carefully hidden in the dark cornerstone of the ego's thought system. And either the ego which you made is your father or its whole thought system will not stand. So obviously, it's not possible to make your own father Therefore, the ego thought system cannot stand. Jesus says here, going on, you make by projection. God creates by extension. The cornerstone of God's creation is you. So we're the cornerstone. For his thought system is light. Remember the rays, capital R, that are unseen. So Jesus makes reference in the course to the great rays. 
and that when we see each other as we truly are, we'll see the great rays. He also says that the light within us can never go out, but it, it can get dimmed down. The spark of light can get dimmed down. So this is one of the things I find that a prayer practice does is it brightens the light. It, it strengthens the light of our being. Course in Miracles says prayer is communion. It's conversation with God. And so we don't beg, we don't ask um, in our prayer so much as we declare. We declare our worthiness. I am worthy and all are worthy. I have this I am worthy sign <laughs> right next to me here because I just did the undoing unworthiness classes, which were oh, so good. So remember the rays that are unseen, the rays of light that are our true identity. The more you approach the center of God's thought system, the clearer the light becomes. The closer you come to the foundation of the ego's thought system, the darker and more obscure the way. Yet, even the little spark in your mind is enough to lighten it. Bring this light fearlessly with you and bravely hold it up to the foundation of the ego's thought system. Be willing to judge it with perfect honesty. Open the dark cornerstone of terror on which it rests and bring it out into the light. There you will see that it rested on meaninglessness and that everything of which you've been afraid was based on nothing. Okay, now, the dark, I'm going to go a little further. My brother, speaking to us, you are part of God and part of me. When you have at last looked at the ego's foundation without shrinking, you will also have looked upon ours. I come to you from our Father to offer you everything again. Do not refuse it in order to keep a dark cornerstone hidden, for its projection will not save you. I give you the lamp, and I will go with you. You will not take this journey alone. I will lead you to your true Father, who hath need of you, as I have. Will you not answer the call of love with joy? So that's the introduction to chapter 11. Now, think about this. The dark cornerstone of the ego thought system is that we made our own father. There's no place anywhere where any being can make their own father. It's impossible. It's inconceivable. So... But in the ego thought system, we've made it all, including the image, illusion, and delusion of our Father, our Heavenly Father, our Father, Mother, God. So since we made it, we have to say, I no longer need this anymore. This is no longer valuable to me. I'm putting this in the trash, Holy Spirit, Take the trash out. Take it. Take it, take it, take it. I'm done with it. I don't need it anymore. Now, sometimes we might not be fully surrendered in that wish. Maybe in the moment we're only determined to end our pain, not fully recognizing that we are the ones who made the causes of pain. And that we've invested in it, and we're actually identified with it, and that's why we're experiencing it. But in any moment, we can do, as I've done many times, really with a wholeheartedness or as much as we can muster, even a half-hearted attempt is better than nothing, to say to the Holy Spirit, all this darkness that I think I see, all this illusion and delusion, 
I am the one who made this. I'm willing to take responsibility for it. And I'm offering it to you, to Holy Spirit, for healing. So that's the good news. It's like, think of this, that a child makes a terrible mess, huge mess all over the house, defiles the house, uh, you know, just pat, it puts holes in the walls, burns the carpet, um, just everything, destroys the furnishings, everything, a mess the child does. Loving parents would help the child see, oh, this did not make you happy. You can choose again. What would you choose now? Would you choose restoration? Would you choose healing? Would you choose to live in a beautiful space and honor it and treasure it? And maybe that child would say, Ah, yes, I've realized I don't like living in this messy place that I made, this trashed place that I made. I would. I would like to have that opportunity to value something beautiful and and to have a beautiful home now. I'd really like that opportunity. All right, you can have that opportunity with no judgment, no punishment, but you see, we believe in punishment, and that is the part of that, that cornerstone of darkness that we think the Father that we made is going to punish us for our sins. And this thought has been passed down from generation to generation. It's been taught. It is a cornerstone of this whole thing that the Father that we made will punish us, is a punisher so in order to get out of the darkness, we must realize that that is not the truth of God. That is our projection onto the God that we made that does not rule this world. It's our consciousness that we're projecting and we're seeing and we're experiencing again and again and again. So something is true not because we or what seems true is not what we see. What we see is a projection of what we believe. This is one of the most difficult things for us to believe. And we can say, I get it, I get it, I get it. But then next thing we know, we're thinking someone has pissed us off. No. If we are the dreamer of the dream, someone else has not pissed us off. It's our interpretation and the meaning we made of what they did that is upsetting us every time. Until we take full responsibility, we will live in at least partial darkness. So to really be in the light internally, we must take total responsibility with zero blame. Now, hmm. One of the reasons why I just did this unworthiness class series, which you can get on download now because it's all done. Um, one of the reasons that I made this series was because I was so clear that this belief in unworthiness is one that we all have every single one of us, and it can be undone. And then when we undo that sense of unworthiness, what's so wonderful is that all of the habits in our life that are the result of our believing we're unworthy will dissolve, resolve, and fall away. And, oh, that's a magnificent thing. A magnificent thing. I see it happening in my life, and I'm so grateful. Re one of the things we talked about in the class was the kinds of relationships we have because we feel we can't do any better, because we feel unworthy of love. And so we have relationships where people take advantage of us, but people can't take advantage of us unless we agree. We have to be 
in agreement in order for that to occur. Yeah, it's true. It's true, it's true. <laughs> yes. And I did a couple of radio um, episodes, so podcast episodes, back in September on unworthiness as well. So that's an option for you too. Yeah, let's undo this unworthiness. And now's a great time to work on it before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Speaking of end of the year, now is a great time for people. They're making charitable donations at the end of the year, considering their tax-deductible donations. If you'd like to make one to Power of Love Ministry, that would be wonderful. We sure would appreciate it. They'll give us the opportunity to do more free classes, low-cost classes, and keep all the things that we do, the daily prayer and inspiration, all of these things going. Because uh, the staff is not a volunteer staff. We do have volunteers, but we have a paid staff as well at the Power of Love Ministry. You can donate at livingacourseofmiracles.com, jenniferhadley.com, or powerofloveministry.net. It's time for me to take a break. You're listening to A Course of Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, and I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. And we're talking about the darkest days and finding the light. And the light is within us. It never goes out. And there are so many things that we do that actually continuously perpetuate our belief in darkness and in our unworthiness, that we're bad and wrong, and we're the ones who perpetuate them. We're the ones who do them. So I'm going to share some of these that came up in the unworthiness classes that we just did and we worked on this uh, in in order to support you. Also, a reminder that what uh, A Course of Miracles says about depression, that it's really about feeling that we are deprived. Uh, I, I was sharing in my daily shot of spiritual espresso today uh, about depression because I've worked with so many people who have experienced depression, and I've worked with many people who had chronic depression, uh, and that it went on for even more than a decade. And I have seen them through our Masterful Living course. I see a lot of it. Uh, but even finding freedom, but uh, especially in Masterful Living, some people takes a couple years, but I do see that through their spiritual practice, through doing the coursework, uh, the A Course of Miracles coursework and the classwork and, and working with others in the classes, that they are able to release that depression. And where they thought that depression was caused by uh, not having a mate or getting divorced or their depression was caused by illness, or any other thing, after doing the work in the in Masterful Living uh, and A Course of Miracles, they see, ah, no, this was in my mind. A Course of Miracles actually tells us in um, the section, This Need Not Be, Chapter 4, Section 4, Paragraph 3 says, when you are sad, know this need not be. Depression comes from a sense of being deprived of something you want and do not have. Remember that you are deprived of nothing except by your own decisions and then decide otherwise. Now, I get that that sounds easy. I get that that sounds simple, but it works. 
it works. So this is where taking responsibility is the thing that will bring back our joy. It is tremendous how life-changing taking responsibility is. But it doesn't work if blame is still included because blame is part of the ego thought system. Responsibility is part of God's thought system. It's our response ability that we have the right to choose. We have the spiritual ability to choose what we're going to think. And then we make decisions based on what we think. So this is the power of decision. You can see how all these key components of A Course in Miracles come together. So I've learned that while it's not easy to do this work, it's much easier than being depressed. It's much easier. But the reason why people don't do it, it's totally understandable. It's years and years and years of trying to get God's attention, begging for help, and not feeling like we get any. But the, the thing is that we always get help when we ask for help. But we may not get help in the way that we want it. And so we may reject it because of that, right? People think, oh, I'd really like some help. I really, really would. God, help me. God, help me. And then someone comes into their life that's difficult. And instead of finding a way to extend love and compassion to them without needing anything in return, just to be helpful and answer the cry for love. Instead, we reject that person and think, what a jerk, what an idiot. Ugh. You know, and I see this with many people because I talk with so many people, many people who are challenged by people in government. And I, I've even heard someone say this summer, I've never hated anybody in my life, but I hate this guy. Well, that's because you don't know the power of love. It's because you don't know the destructiveness of hatred. And this is how you're going to learn it. Okay. May you learn it quickly. May you learn it so quickly. May you remember to laugh so soon. You see, so people have been put in our lives to help us remember to extend love, to extend compassion, but we reject that. That's not my answer prayer. Gosh. I can think of uh, a relationship I had in my life with a man that was so challenging to me. Super, I've had a few. <laughs> and so challenging to me. And friends, too. And, 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 and counseling clients and students. All kinds of people. It was super challenging. When I first became a spiritual counselor, I had so many challenging clients. Why was it so they so challenging to me? Because I was reluctant to really just embrace them and love them. So now someone with the same patterns and things like that would not annoy me or frustrate me or irritate me or any of that because I have the capacity now thanks to my earlier clients I have the capacity now to extend love and compassion. Woo! <laughs> Woo to the who. And it's, uh, I know sometimes people get annoyed if they hear my phone going off. Oh, I did turn it back on. That's why that's happening. I turned it off. Uh, and then I, uh, life, 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 little things. So, so many things that we can be irritated and frustrated by, but truly, this is what anger is. It's, it's hostility. It's anger. And instead of making the anger bad and wrong and then not allowing ourselves to feel it, let's let ourselves just feel it and then go, 
There it is. Life is happening in my life. I'm having an experience instead of labeling it wrong and bad. I used to be such an angry, hostile person. And so now when I experience someone who's angry and hostile, I can have compassion for them because I remember when that's how I used to, to be. Yeah. Depression is a learning experience. It teaches humility and compassion, and it leads us back to the light with a new appreciation, a new sense of gratitude. So when you're sad, know this need not be. And, and okay, it's, it's not that sadness is bad or wrong. It's just a choice. It's a choice. And people might say, I don't see how that could ever be a choice. How could depression be a choice? Well, we don't choose depression. Okay. And in a sense, sometimes we choose sadness, but sometimes it's not so clear. I know I used to choose sadness. I felt comfortable in a sad vibration. When I was a teenager, I loved the music of Neil Young. I still do. But I used to listen to the sad songs and vibrate with the sadness and let it amplify my sadness. I used to, I had a collection of sad songs of, by different artists that I would listen to and to amplify my sense of sadness. I liked that feeling of victimhood and feeling like an outsider, feeling like I don't belong, feeling like nobody understands me. That was part of my identity, and I liked it. So I promoted it, and I kept it going. Talking about that, and we were talking in the Undoing Unworthiness class about the ways that we perpetuate unworthiness. Well, bottom line, thinking anyone is not good enough, including ourselves, that's going to perpetuate our unworthiness because we're one with everyone. Some of the things are that uh, I I particularly can relate to uh, is expecting to be disappointed. Someone else said that they say, I'm sorry all the time. It's a way that they perpetuate their unworthiness. Feeling that they don't want to bother other people by asking for what they'd like. And, and, and feeling that they have to endure things because other people will be upset if they don't. That if they don't do certain things, people are going to be bothered and upset. So they're making choices to please other people. It, uh, we, nobody would people please if they didn't think they were unworthy. Saying yes when I really want to say no. Yeah, isolating is a way to perpetuate unworthiness. And I, we talked about this in class and I said, you know, however, if you know you're going to go to that party or that event and you're just going to be negative and judgmental, it's better that you don't go. If you're not willing to go and work on your spiritual practice, then don't go. It's really better for you and everybody else if you don't go. Another way we uh, perpetuate unworthiness, of course, is overgiving to people to prove I'm a good person. And we can see a lot of that at the holidays, right? People giving gifts that it might not seem appropriate, like, oh, why are they giving me a gift? Um, and not being able to receive a gift well. Uh, I go through this sometimes with people where I'd like to give them a gift and I offer it to them and they're like, oh, no, 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 you don't have to give me a gift. No, no, no. Like, I know that I don't have to give you a gift. I'd like to give you a gift and I'd like for you to receive it. Oh, but, you know, give it, give it to somebody else. Give it to someone who doesn't have very much. Well, I'd like to give it to you 
can I give it to you? And they really don't want to accept it. I had that recently. Um, trying to prove ourselves, that's a way. Uh, let, uh, letting people take advantage of us, which of course is not even a real thing. That's an illusion because nobody can take advantage of us unless we agree. Uh, thinking that we don't want to take other people's time right? That we're a bother. There's so many of these. Even being a perfectionist can be a sign that we are um, continuing to perpetuate our belief in unworthiness. So looking at these things is super, super duper helpful. I know we're going to do some work on this in Masterful Living in 2020, just like we did this year. Because it is powerful to stop perpetuating these ways that we are affirming that we're not good enough, that there's something wrong with us, that we're bad, that we're unworthy of love. On behalf of everyone, if we can stop perpetuating it and being willing to look at it, it's challenging. It's challenging. But for me, this is one of the ways that I can bring the darkness to the light by interrupting these patterns. So I notice, oh, I just said I'm sorry three times. Okay, maybe I don't need to say I'm sorry that much. Uh, I've realized this is the pattern that's getting triggered right now. So I'm going to partner up with the Holy Spirit and offer up this pattern for healing back to the root cause so I never experience it again and let Everyone who has this habit also have a healing now and forever. Let all beings be free of this habit, this belief. Some people really truly believe their life is meaningless and worthless. And no one's life is meaningless or worthless. Not one person's life. And... The way to undo that is ask to be shown how valuable your life is. Ask to be shown. It's that simple. Just ask, show me how valuable my life is. Show me how meaningful my life is. And start to look for things that you would enjoy doing that bring benefit to other people. Things that you would enjoy doing that bring benefit to other people. Could be just a simple, simple thing. Um, I know like my grandfather and grandmother, one of the things that they always did at the holiday times was they would get poinsettias and things like that. And they would take them to the people at church who were not able to get out or who were having a hard time. And so my grandfather would go to the nursery and, you know, order a whole bunch of them. And he would fill up his station wagon and go around and deliver them. And he'd bring them to the church and so the church could get decorated for Christmas time. And then uh, when Christmas was over, bring them to other people and hospitals and things like that. So there probably are rules or something about hospitals, maybe, about things like that. But, you know, there are so many, um, oh, retirement homes and nursing homes and all kinds of places, halfway houses and detention centers and all kinds of places in this world where people could use a little cheer a flowering plant would be lovely any time of year. It would make a difference. I know when my mom was so sick and it was winter time, I uh, <laughs> every time I went off the island, which was not that often, but every I'd come back with a, a whole bunch of plants, and my mother would say, um, 
and even before that, in the summertime and stuff, when I would go and visit, uh, I'd bring all these plants into the house. You say, more plants? Yes, Mom, more plants, because where there are plants, there are fairies. Fairies are wonderful company. And you have more fresh oxygen, and there are certain plants that actually you can Google it. What are the most oxygen-emitting plants? And uh, one of them, I can't think of the name, is a very common plant you can get very inexpensively. And so there are lots and lots of things that we can do for others and for ourselves to help shift that energy. But the main thing is to remember that darkness is not real. That if you were to walk into the very darkest room, pitch black, couldn't see a thing, hermetically sealed, but you turn on the light, it is not dark the very second that you turn on the light. The light is everything. The darkness is nothing. It has no power. Love is the only power that there is. And so it's flipping that switch. And it can be as simple as, Holy Spirit, show me how to turn on the light. I've let the darkness fill my mind. The darkness is not real. Only love is real. Show me how to turn on the light. Show me how to amplify the light. So remember, too, that A Course in Miracles tells us we don't have to seek for love, only to look within for the blocks to love. So the easiest blocks to love to find are the judgments and the opinions, the things that we are not liking about ourselves and others, our complaints. Those are the most easily accessible blocks to love that we can offer up to the Holy Spirit. So we can say, okay, I've been complaining about this. I'm going to give this complaint to the Holy Spirit for healing. One of the things in Masterful Living um, that we talk about is having an altar. Having an altar in your home. I like to have an altar in every room. It's a little more challenging when I'm traveling, but... If you, I can just look around this room and I see the ways I've made little uh, expressions of altar uh, in this room. So even though it's not my home, uh, things I can bring with me and things I can do to bring that altar energy to my life. And then what I, somebody was just telling me in Masterful Living the other day that something they put on their altar, oh, I know, it was wonderful. <laughs> she was telling me she put on the altar what her dream job specifications were, thinking it would be impossible to get. Well, she's just accepted that job. It's not magic. It's not magic, but we do have to put some effort into it. We have to take some steps. We have to be willing, right? Saying we're willing is not willingness. Doing things and taking action, handing things over to the Holy Spirit, being willing to change our minds, to go the other way, that's true willingness. And there's power in it. There's great, great power. It's the power of love, the power of God in our lives. Darkness is not our natural state. It's really the result of covering up the light that is within us. But fortunately, there's no way to damage the light within us. We can seem to diminish it. It can seem but a tiny spark. But still, the spark is still there. That's what we're told in A Course in Miracles. So let us remember it. So... We make by projection. We're projecting the darkness. God creates by extension, right? This is from the introduction to God or the ego. And so let us extend the light. Let us extend the love. One simple way to do that is to just be still and visually imagine that spark of light in your heart center, in your heart chakra, 
and then see it expanding and expanding to broadcast and beam out from your heart to fill your whole body, to fill your aura, to fill the room, to fill your home or the building, to fill the neighborhood, and on and on until the whole world is filled with the light extending from you. Do that a few times a day, and you will feel a shift. You will feel a shift. And then recognize that you are worthy of the light that you already are. Yes, you are worthy of the light that you already are. We all are. Took me a while to realize that because I felt so bad because I had been so mean for so long and so angry for so long and so hostile for so long. So it took me a while to really get I am the light. But we amplify it when we extend it. This is the truth. And you know what? This is really what my year-long Masterful Living course is all about. And registration is open now. Uh, We start on January 20th, but we have a whole bunch of bonus things that we do before then. So we've got New Year's Reboot class on January 1st. And then I'm doing my self-sabotage challenge in a more expanded way this year. And um, we've got other great aspects and components to Masterful Living a powerful, beautiful community. And we have small groups that meet every other week. And of course, we have classes every week almost. And we have prayer partners and study buddies and all different kinds of components so that everybody can find the support that they like. And if you go to the Masterful Living sales page at jenniferhadley.com, you can make an appointment for an exploratory call with one of the spiritual counselors who's done Masterful Living, and they can just answer all your questions from the vantage point of somebody who's done it and somebody who uh, has counseled people who've done it. So that's an easy, free call that you can set up at any time, an exploratory call, the Masterful Living page at jenniferhadley.com. Time for me to say a prayer. I place my hand in my heart, and I know that we are grateful that we are the light, and we are willing to broadcast that light. Gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Amen.